Lord, we just thank you for your relentless love. Lord, we thank you for your reckless love. Lord, I just thank you that even through a year like 2020, Lord, that we can not only be aware of your love and how special it is for us to receive it, for it to be an anchor for our experience, an anchor for oftentimes what we must endure. But Lord, it's also a love that we are enabled, empowered, and anointed to share with others. Lord, I just thank you that your love also, there's, there's many things we can say about it, many compliments, many extravagant praises we can give concerning it. But Lord, also, I just want to thank you that your love produces moments that change everything. Lord, that our encounter with your love and revelation of your love, whatever verbiage we have to try to describe something that's honestly indescribable, Lord, that you never leave us the same. But Lord, you, you take us by the hand. You, your word says that you, you found a people who were not a people and made them a people. You, you found me at the right time while I was lost in darkness and sin, and you brought me into your marvelous light. Kairos moments, suddenly moments, facilitated by your love, a love that we didn't know how to look for. We didn't know how to ask for it but you give it to us freely. You pursue us with it. Lord, we are so grateful and thankful. So I just thank you that as we close out 2020, part of my heart for this time that we have together is is to be thankful. And I know that that can feel difficult uh, considering the year that many of us have just been through. And we've all been through it in different ways. For some of us, the, the hardest part's been financial challenges, for some of us, perhaps relational challenges, physical challenges. Perhaps it's just been the challenge of the soul. We felt like hope is trying to be deferred. But Lord, I just thank you when it's all said and done. We know that we can trust you. We know that you remain good, that your your character does not change in the midst of conflict. And so, Lord, I thank you that we have an amazing pattern to follow that since you don't change in conflict Lord you've anointed us uh, to, to also be unwavering in moments of testing and trial not that you sent the test not that you orchestrated the exam but even in moments like these that we've all tasted and seen that you are there with us guiding us gently leading us as a good father, as a faithful shepherd. And so, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, I just, I just decree these things now in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm so thankful that you're joining us here today at Dominion. This is our live stream exclusive. And, uh, you know, I was really just praying and seeking the Lord about what's, what is the, the final thing he wants me to say in this year, 2020. You know, the word of the Lord that I'd received for 2020 uh, was double redemption. And while I certainly don't know how that has played out in your personal experience, uh, I've seen it played out over and over again throughout this year. Uh, Just on a personal note, uh, this year has had just its share of difficulties. I mean, completely, you know, you could take COVID out of the equation Uh, Just with my family, 
There's been so much that we've faced together as a family, starting with my son the first part of February uh, of this year. Uh, he was complaining of pain in his hip, and before we knew it, uh, he had to have emergency surgery. They had to open his hip. He had infection that had attached itself to the bone. Uh, five days in the hospital, a month of physical rehab, uh, and that's just the beginning. Uh, I've, I've you know, endured my mom going through six days in the hospital, my dad with multiple falls. Even right now, as I'm sharing this message, uh, he has been over seven weeks uh, in the hospital and physical rehab, hasn't been home uh, in seven weeks. And so we do cover your prayers. But uh, just saying all that to say, as, as we, as we kind of look back over 2020, it's easy for us to look at the moments that demanded so much from us, that demanded that we make decisions that, that pushed us out of our comfort zone. And then when you introduce COVID into the mix, again, I can't speak for everyone's experience, but you know, the, the decisions that uh, I had to make as a minister, that many ministers had to make, uh, is, is just outstanding, the, the decisions that, that our predecessors never even considered having to make. Uh, but, but we've made those decisions and doing the best that we can to navigate with wisdom, to navigate, again, with confidence in the, in the goodness of God, the power of God, not giving in to fear, but then also trying to use wisdom, trying to make sure that our people are safe and protected. Now, not at the expense of, of God's power and goodness. Uh, you know, there are some that they call, they call fear wisdom, and they, they call wisdom fear. That's not what I'm talking about, uh, because we know the revelation that we carry or, and, and we're convinced of is that perfect love expressed through the personhood of God, we see that in 1 John 4, it casts out fear. So we are not fear-driven people. We are not fear-led people. Uh, you, you actually can't have fear and love occupy the same space because the perfect love of God is the object of greatest mass. It will displace any and all fear. So I would say this at the onset of what I'm about to share. Uh, I, I want to say it one more time. Just allow the perfect love of God to wash over you right now in this moment. Whatever that means, take in a deep breath. Ask the Holy Spirit for divine awareness and let His love wash over you because it's cleansing in its quality. Not only is, it's, not only is it cleansing, but it's also filling for, for those of us that may feel grimy after coming through a year like 2020, it cleanses the soul. For those of us that may feel empty, like we've been pouring out over and over and over again, perhaps part of your testimony in 2020 is that you have had to be strong. And here we are at the end of the year, and you're just feeling empty, perhaps hollowed out. That same love that cleanses also fills. And so my heart, my, my belief for you, go, ending this year, going into 2021, is that you will be filled. And not just filled to the, to the brim, filled to the place of overflow. The promise of God does not simply meet our need. He meets and much more abundantly provides beyond that need. Uh, I, I don't want to share too much on this line of thought because in, in January, we're going to hit this for a few weeks uh, the word of the Lord that I'm sensing for 2021 is the year of fresh baptism. 
but I still feel it's appropriate to mention it right now. You don't have to wait for January 1st. You don't have to wait for the, for the clock to tick and turn, uh, for, the, for the midnight strike on the clock for you to finally receive what God is doing next. No, the God that's in you, He's ready right now, always ready. And I just want you to take, take hold of that word, that promise, even right now, perhaps not understanding at all. But 2021, a year of fresh baptism, that's what I'm standing on and believing for you, for your family, for, for our ministry family, and even for the other ministries that tune in, that watch this and receive from this, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or on our podcast experience. This year, 2021, just a couple weeks away now, not even a couple weeks, a week away, is a year of fresh baptism. So again, what, what do I want to say? What's on my heart to close out a year like 2020? And um, this is what I heard in my spirit. It's a new season. The rules have changed. And I was actually very reluctant to bring that title because it really does come across as cliche, and for that I apologize. But I want to share some things that I believe will help for us to understand why that's what we have to talk about, a new season, the rules have changed. And to do that again, don't, don't tune me out. I know I'm going to use some phrases that you're familiar with, but allow me to share my heart, and I believe it'll bring some impact to you uh, that perhaps you haven't considered before. You know, the, the world basically, it, it operates on chronos time. And we know that chronos time is, is chronological. It's chronology. The clock is ticking. It, it doesn't change. You know, you, like, like, Whenever we're doing this, this meeting right now, you know, it's 5 o'clock p.m. In an hour, it'll be 6 o'clock. In another hour, it'll be 7. It doesn't change. You can, you can literally set your watch to it. That's chronology. That's how we make our plans. You know, when, when, we're, when we're looking at our calendar for the year, I don't know how far in advance you plan, but perhaps you're planning something for February the 2nd, and you just know you're going to watch the days go by. You're going to watch time tick. And so, so much of our experience is ruled by chronology. So even 2020, what a year it has been. At midnight, December 31st, because of how chronological time works, 2021 will come to an end. It has no choice. 2021 will begin. It has no choice. Neither year will resist the next because chronology is taking its proper place in those moments. But there's something else we have to make sure that we are aware of. There's something called kairos time. Kairos is not chronos. Again, chronos, the clock is ticking. It does not change. Kairos time, you could also uh, look at it in the Greek. It actually uh, it references the seasons of the Lord. The seasons of the Lord. And some spiritual synonyms for kairos, perhaps you've heard this, the suddenlies of God. Uh, I like this word as well, an epiphany. An epiphany meaning an appearing, an appearing in our understanding. And so in this new season, what I believe is going to be happening as we shift from 2020 into 2021 is that God is going to radically invade our chronological plans with kairos moments, with the suddenlies, with the epiphanies of His appearing, the, the, the appearing of His plan, His purpose. 
in the midst of our situation, in the midst of the things that in our own hearts we have said, okay, this is the plan, this is what we're expecting. And as big as your expectations are, the challenge in my spirit, I hear the Lord saying, is submit your expectations to my expectations. No matter how great your expectations are, the expectations of God concerning you and what is next are greater. So again, some Kairos moments. I just want to touch on these. It was a Kairos moment when Joseph is revealed to his brothers. You know, uh, I could just comment on each one of these. I believe that I will. So in these moments when, J- when Joseph is revealed to his brothers, we're talking about when he's there on the throne there in Egypt. After he had been through such persecution, you could also argue that it was, it was actually some of his kairos, some of his suddenly, some of his epiphanies that got him thrown into the pit. You know, there are times, if, if we're not careful, we try to judge the fruit of a kairos moment based on, it does, is it a blessing? Does it appear as a blessing to us? But there are moments where a kairos time can shift, and it seems chaotic, and indeed there are elements of it that are, but ultimately it brings us to good. You know, especially when we can recognize that rejection oftentimes is redirection, we actually can have a heart to go back to those who have rejected us and bless them because the rejection that redirected us brought us to the place that we stand right now. And there are many that I know that would not trade where they're standing now for something that was easier, for something that demanded complacency, or for something that demanded that we, we, we shift our character or we compromise our, our values. No, that redirection has brought us to this place, this place of suddenlies, this place of blessing and favor. What about when Esther goes before the king, yet another beautiful kairos, a moment where if you weighed what she was doing in that moment, it actually was putting her life on the line. The point I'm trying to make here is oftentimes when we hear the word kairos, we have excitement from a place of what we think is just going to be this amazing unfolded glory. There's not going to be any pressure. There's not going to be any stress. Actually, that's not the case. You might be in a kairos moment and you want to miss it or you default on it because it might require something of your life, something that you hold dear, something that you hold precious. But the kairos demands something greater from you than the, t- than the simple ticking of the clock. How about when David leaves from the cave and goes to Zion? See, some of us, the kairos is our coming out party. The kairos is, okay, you've been in a season of preparation, and oftentimes that preparation looks like a place of hiding. It looks like a place, again, of rejection. It looks like even a place of sorrow and darkness. But when it's time to emerge, the landscape shifts. The purpose of God is revealed. Light shines in a, with a definitive brightness that we otherwise would miss but not in a moment of suddenlies, not in a moment of the epiphany of what God is doing in and through you. You know, John the Baptist, I love that, in Luke 180, it's it's said of John the Baptist, the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. That until, his kairos moment. Look at that. He was, he was by himself growing and becoming strong in the Spirit until the moment of his revealing. What about Jesus at the age of 30, the consummate Kairos moment? 
when the heavens opened and they stayed open. Listen, the moment the heavenlies opened over Jesus, there is no record that they were ever shut again. You, your entire life, from the first breath that you have drawn, you live in the place of open heavens. And that consummate kairos is a beautiful thing. So if Jesus has suddenlies, the first 30 years of his life were preparation for the kairos of God, for the suddenly of God to overtake the chronology that he was walking in. You can even rewind, we're just now, just a couple days on the other side of celebrating Christmas. And even Christmas itself is the announcement of divine kairos. You think about it, the messianic prophecies of Isaiah at that, that point, 700 years removed from the coming of the Messiah, 400 years where God was silent, and then suddenly the angelic host appeared. Suddenly Mary was apprehended by the Spirit. Suddenly there was a demand made on Joseph, a radical demand from the heart of God. Have you ever thought about this? The Spirit of the Lord asked Joseph, will you be willing to carry the privilege of being the stepfather of the Son of God. Kairos moments that shift and change everything. Galatians 4, verse 4, but when the set time had fully come, perhaps your translation says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. We are in a new season. The rules have changed. They've changed from simple chronology into kairos moments. We are stepping our feet into fresh seasons of the Lord, seasons that only the Spirit can orchestrate. See, that's another thing I believe that we misunderstand about kairos. There's actually not a whole lot you can do to guarantee a kairos moment. Oftentimes, we'll look at a couple of examples, oftentimes kairos seems completely unpredictable. It seems like a flash shift in a moment, and certainly at times it can be that. But there are also times where our preparation produces kairos. Now, it may not, again, meet the date that we demand or require, but as we continue to be in a place of preparation, Kairos has a way of invading the ticking of the clock and shifting everything in just a moment. That being said, I want to remind you, Kairos moments are never convenient. Never. They will not fit your schedule. And again, I, I hear that, and, and, and I, I want to make sure I proclaim it strongly. We are coming into a place, you are coming into a place, while certainly it's okay to make your plans, you have to be willing to allow them to be adjusted. Because Kairos does not ask you about your schedule. It does not ask you what your plans are a couple of weeks from now. No, it appears in a moment. And in that moment of appearing, it demands a radical shift in our hearts, in our perception, in our plan. And, and again, the heart of God is, are you willing to make a concession when you find yourself in the suddenly, when you have an epiphany, an unveiling of what God is wanting to do in this moment? Will you sacrifice your time? Will you stay up late? Will you get up early? Will you put your plans on pause? that you might experience the life-altering kairos of God. 
This is something else to consider. Kronos cannot change Kairos. Doesn't matter how many years goes by or how many years follows, it, the ticking of the clock will never change the season of the Lord. But on the other hand, when you have a Kairos moment, there is no Kronos after that will ever be the same. When you have a suddenly, when you have an epiphany, when you have a revealing of the season of God in your life, it changes everything. You know, just, just think about some of the things that you have encountered by way of the Spirit that changed your life forever. The day of your salvation, that should have been, I believe, a Kairos moment where it changed everything. Your trajectory, your plan, your dreams all changed. When you became aware, when you had a revelation of the lover of your soul. What about when you had a revelation of present truth, a victorious eschatology? What about union with Christ? How about the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom? All these things serve as kairos moments. What about when you were healed for the first time and it changed your theology, it changed your doctrine? <laughs> How about when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? What about the first prophetic word you received that changed your life? Each one of these can serve as kairos moments. Right now, as you're listening to this, you can have your own kairos. Again, it's simply an epiphany from God, a thought that presents itself that begins to change everything. That's in its most simplistic form, but it's a seed planted and begins to grow. And the ticking of the clock cannot stop the pregnancy of kairos. Uh, you know, th this, perhaps this will help you. Prophetic utterances are often a signal that Kairos moments are on the way. You know, I know a lot of times we get frustrated, and I've even joked about this myself. I don't want another prophetic word. I've got too many words that my experience haven't caught up with yet. But oftentimes, those utterances, they're giving us snapshots into Kairos that's on the way, the seasons of the Lord. And, and especially when you get a word that is, is like on chapter 10, and you're living chapter 5. That is God trying to signal there's kairos coming. Stay in a place of preparation. I'm going to do what only I can do. Especially, man, those words, you ever gotten a word that was just so off the map? And I don't mean off the map in an awkward way, but off the map in terms of my experience does not look like that. My plans don't look like that. My bank account doesn't look like that. Nevertheless, the word comes. And then as you walk out your place of preparation and then you walk into that kairos, you're aware, I'm living in the place of the suddenlies. Whereas previously, it seemed like a dream that was out of reach. Now you're walking in the fullness of it. That's what happens when Kronos finds its way into Kairos. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, uh, when we, when we have, get a prophetic word, we'll get caught up in the chronos and it bogs us down. I believe that's a lot of times where we, we start losing hope, where we start doubting. Did I hear from God? Was that even accurate? It's because we get bogged down in the ticking of the clock. Listen, that kairos isn't fitting my time frame. Listen, I want to I encourage you in this. Uh, it never does. That's not the nature of the seasons of God. So I want to give us some practical uh, thoughts here to walk through. When the fullness of preparation meets the fullness of time, it results in the culture or the atmosphere where suddenlies come to pass. 
You know, again, there are times when kairos happens in what appears to be a flash, a sudden shift. There are other times that kairos is connected to preparation. You know, you think about uh, Saul who would, be, would become Paul. He is in his ticking of the clock. He is going and persecuting Christians in the name of God. And then his kairos has suddenly radically shifted everything. He wasn't preparing for a kairos. Not intentionally. You guys understand this. No, he was doing what he felt was right in his own heart. He was completely empowered by the, the law of sin and death, the law that gave him pre-signed warrants of arrest that he might persecute those who follow the way, the family of God. And while he's on his way, uh, specifically going after the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, he's apprehended by the Spirit of the Lord. And that kairos radically shifted his chronos. But he had no way of preparing for that. So there are two types. There's the one that is a flash, a dramatic shift in your moment. There are others that you can prepare for because you are aware of the promise of God. You're aware of the dream of God. And because we know we're not able, we're not anointed or capable to make it happen in our own strength, what do we do? We go into a season of preparation. God, I know this is your promise. I know this is your dream. And while I certainly can't make it happen, show me what to do. And we begin in our labor. And, and for the patient, for those who are, who are really sold out to that promise, it doesn't matter how long the season is. Because we'll get to it in a moment. When Kairos happens, it relieves us of the stress of the previous seasons. Man, I feel that in my spirit even for, for dominion right now. We've been in a season of stress. We've been in a season of stretching. I mean, really, if, if you want to get really literal about it, the last five and a half years, we've been in a place of the, the slate being wiped clean, of, of navigating challenges that none of us really saw on the horizon. And what the Lord's been challenging me in my spirit is He's like, okay, it's time to have your dominion. It's time to have your dominion. And I believe there's layers to that, but what He spoke to me in my spirit was, son, the ministry that you are shepherding, the ministry that you are fathering, it can't be someone else's dominion. It, also, it has to be yours. And so that's part of what I'm going to be sharing with in, from my heart in January and beyond in 2021, that, that the flavor, the savor of who we are as a local house, that the clock has been ticking, but I am fully aware and believing that it's going to be marked by fresh kairos, fresh seasons, that who we have been in the past, while we certainly celebrate it, we're not bound to it, we're not limited by it, but God is demanding of us a fresh, a, a fresh fragrance, a fresh sound, a fresh encounter. And I know, again, all capable only by the heart and spirit of the Lord. So what does God ask of us? Prepare. Be ready. Because you don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but your faith in the promise is compelling you to do what you know to do. You know, a, a, a phrase that's encouraged me all through the years, you know, do what you can do, and then God will do what only God can do. 
And again, that's not that God only responds to our doing. We know that that's not the case. Otherwise, our entire life's experience, the gospel that we carry, is ultimately works-based. If God's waiting for Matthew's strength before God will move, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there comes a moment in the, the chronology of it all, in the preparation of it all, in the ticking of the clock, where we are aware that we're caught up and our preparations find their place in a kairos moment that's energized by the Spirit of God and produces what only God can produce. But we're in it together. We're partners in this journey Don't just sit in your seat with your arms folded, waiting for Kairos to come. No, be diligent. Prepare your heart. Again, I'm reminded of Joshua chapter 3. You've never been this way before. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, will do miracles in your midst. Perhaps you felt like your preparation has brought you to the Jordan, and you see no clear path on how to get over to the other side. But I'm telling you, the kairos of God is making a way, especially in those places where there has not seemed to be a way. So I want to go through a couple of points here. When the fullness of preparation meets the fullness of time, it results in the culture or the atmosphere where suddenly it's come to pass. So let's look at that. When the fullness of preparation, that's point one. When the fullness of preparation, consider the examples of the lives of Joseph. We've mentioned him, Moses, Esther, many others. There is always purpose in the preparation. You know, Joseph's preparation where he's enslaved, basically sold into captivity by his brothers, and he goes through this season of preparation because the kairos of God is going to catch up with the ticking of the clock in his life. What about Moses? He has all this, you know, he had two levels of preparation. He had preparation in Babylon and then preparation in the wilderness. Both served a purpose. But it wasn't until he had his 40 years on the backside of the desert, and when he emerged from that, had been stripped of his eloquence in the palaces of Egypt, that it was in that moment that God said, you're ready to be used. And then he goes as a voice uh, to those who are enslaved as a savior, a savior to Israel. Esther, I've already touched on, but the point is there's always purpose in the preparation. Don't get frustrated in your season of preparation. Don't get frustrated in the time that has gone by. We don't measure the the plan and purpose of God based on time. We measure it based on the season of the Lord. And I get it. It's frustrating. I can't plan that season, but I can prepare for it. I can't mark it on my calendar. If I could, right now, it'd be marked. Okay, here's it, the kairos of God. Let's go. No, but what I can do is I can prepare because I trust His promise. So when the fullness of preparation meets the fullness of time, I mentioned some of those in some of the earlier verses concerning John the Baptist, even concerning Jesus in Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, under the law. So when the fullness of preparation meets the fullness of time, kairos time, this is the critical strategic time. And that's what I'm sensing as 2020 is at an end, 2021 is beginning. We find ourselves at a critical strategic time and moment. Can you sense it in your spirit? It's there, it's alive, it's real, it's powerful. And that critical strategic time meets chronos time, 
where we have planned our calendars, we've planned our events. And, and, and I want to ask you, it's certainly a rhetorical question, but which plan yields in that moment? In the place where Kairos and Kronos converge, which one will yield? And I know many of us would say, well, obviously, Kronos will yield to Kairos, but sadly, oftentimes, we try to make the suddenlies of God conform to our event, conform to our plan, conform to our calendar. And in this year, 2021, we're about to step both feet into the year of fresh baptism. Baptism does not ask for permission. It does not ask for what's convenient. It simply asks for a response. And I just believe that we're going to have the response that's going to carry us into what God has planned and purpose next. So when the fullness of preparation, point one, meets the fullness of time, point two, something happens. It results in the atmosphere where suddenlies come to pass. See, I truly believe that when we, when we are actually aware, see, there, there's a big component of awareness when it comes to kairos, awareness that we're in a suddenly, awareness that we're in a place of epiphany, that you can actually, in cooperation with that, find yourself in an atmosphere of suddenlies, to where all of a sudden what seemed like a dry journey that brings you to a Kairos encounter, all of a sudden you're in a, a land of Kairos. You're in an atmosphere of suddenlies. That you're actually living from suddenly to suddenly and not minute to minute, not event to event, not calendar uh, month to calendar month. No, you're living in a place of the suddenlies of God, the seasons of the Lord. And then when the breakthrough comes... It erases the weariness of the previous season. What did your 2020 look like? Was it marked by weariness? I know mine was. It certainly has been. Moments where you're, the only response you knew to have was just get dressed and trust the Lord. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're searching the heart of God for what to say, what to share, what to impart, and you don't even know in some moments where the source is even coming from. And what I mean, of course, I know the source is from the Lord, but you're like, where is even the strength, the will, the resolve? And when you drop that bucket down into the well of your spirit, you're amazed when it comes back to the surface, there's still something there. I know what that weariness looks like. But when it's said and done, it does not matter. The moment you step into Kairos, the weariness of the previous season is totally erased. Uh, I'm reminded of this story. Uh, dear friend of mine, Bill Vanderbush, he, he talks about a lady who was, uh, she was severely disabled. I can't remember the, the term, but it causes part of her limbs to seize up. And so she had, it, one of her arms was seized up and pulled to her body. Uh, and she was at a facility where they were taking care of her. And uh, she was uh, in a wheelchair, and, and the, the caretaker had left her for the night. And somehow it happened that she fell out of her wheelchair into the floor, arms seized up, laying there face down, in tremendous pain. And all, she just began to cry out the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
And hours go by, hours go by. And, and, and once the night was at an end and daybreak is there, her story went that Jesus came into the room and he lifted her up. He, he took her arm that had seized up to her body and stretched it out and they began to dance together. It was a miraculous thing, a miraculous moment. And so much so, her caretaker came in and saw, not only was she not in a wheelchair, but she was in the middle of the floor dancing, and her arm that had been seized for so long against her body was now outstretched. And, and, and they actually, over time, did test on her. How did this happen? How did this suddenly happen? Just a miracle. And so, in that story, my friend Bill, he was actually in the meeting where she was sharing this testimony, and he said it bothered him. He said, I mean, yes, I was, I was so glad that she was healed. I was glad that, you know, that Jesus came into the room. That was amazing. He said, but what aggravated me was why? Why, when she fell on the floor and she's crying out the name of Jesus, why the hours? Why the wait? He said it bothered him, and so he went to her and he asked her, you know, did that not frustrate you? Why didn't he come in just in that moment, that first moment when you, when you called on his name? And her answer, profound, and it, and it still just touches my heart just in this moment. She responded to him and said, well, when Jesus showed up, none of that mattered. That's what a kairos looks like. In the moment of our weariness, in the moment of our struggle, in the moment of our stress, once the Kairos shows up, once Jesus shows up in that situation, it doesn't matter anymore. A refreshing presence of the Lord comes upon us, and we know, listen, this, this is what I feel you know, about it, we know that the waiting was worth the outcome. The waiting was worth the outcome. And, and I just feel like for a lot of us, that's where we are. We're at that place of divine tension. I've been waiting so long, will it ever happen? And that place of divine tension is bringing us into a place of kairos. And as soon as you see the Spirit of the Lord open up, it's going to be worth it all. So I just, I just want to encourage you, everyone listening, tuning into this today, allow your weight to be valuable. What do I mean by that? Do not give up now. Don't, don't stop now because all that preparation, all that waiting is so valuable. It demands to find its place in the seasons of the Lord. It demands to find its place in a suddenly moment. And that's where we're finding ourselves. I decree that by the Spirit of the Lord. I believe it for myself, for you, for anyone who's hearing this or watching this. Don't waste the wait. Don't default on the preparation. You've put in too much work to turn back now. You are right at the edge. Man, I just feel that in my spirit. You're right at the moment of the kairos. The season of God is here for you right now in this moment. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you 
Uh, once, once I finish that, I'll just mention a couple of ways that you can give. This, is our, this service is online only for today, so I want to remind you of that. Uh, but then we'll, we'll go ahead and dismiss and, and finish up on this stream in just a moment. Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord, that we're in a place of a new season. Lord, as 2020 is coming to an end, let us bless it. Let us look forward with eager expectation for what is next. Not because we have some arbitrary hope in what's next, but we can trust your promises. And while so much of 2020, while so much of the ticking of the clock has been a disappointment to many, Lord, I am so excited that that ticking is taking us one step closer, one second closer to the kairos, the suddenly of God, and I feel it is not far off. That's the nature of suddenly. Even to say it's not far off is, is, a, is misleading. The suddenly happens at any moment. Suddenly. <laughs> the preparation, I thank you. I'm so thankful, Lord, that it is not in vain. It's not wasted. Lord, we refuse to default on the time put in. Lord, don't let our hearts grow sick. Don't let us get weary in well-doing because truly we have found our place in the plan and purpose of God, and it is a beautiful thing. Lord, I decree uh, a new, new favor, fresh favor, as we leave 2020 a year of redemption and we go into 2021 a year of fresh baptism. Lord, I just thank you. Let there be no loose ends. Lord, let us, let us bless what we need to bless. Let us forgive who we need to forgive. Let us walk in with fresh confidence. Walk in with a clean ledger in that regard knowing that you hold nothing against us, but also following the admonition that if we hold anything against our brother, that we're going to make sure that it's taken care of and addressed. So I just thank you for that. I, I, I thank you for your season. It's upon us now. Give us awareness so that we can live in an atmosphere of the suddenlies. Lord, I just thank you for all these things now. I decree them by faith, in your beautiful, wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I, I'm so thankful that you were able to tune in and be a part of this service. I do want to encourage you, uh, if this has blessed you, first to like it and share it, because that ultimately is the heart of our ministry. We want others to be impacted by the truth of God, by His heart, by His nature. I would love if you have a chance to come and be a part of one of our corporate gatherings. Right now we meet at 4.30 in the afternoon in Greer, easy to find, right across from the Kia of Greer dealership. Uh, you can find us there. We'd love for you to come and worship with us. But also we'd like to invite you to give. You know, for a lot of us, perhaps just distance, it's not, it's not an option for you to come and be a part of one of our gatherings. But you can sow into what we do. And in that, join us in the Spirit for what, we, what God has planned and purpose for us as a ministry, uh, but, but also that it can be a blessing to you, and we thank you for that. It's reflected in you supporting what we do. So the easiest ways to do that, you can go to our website, dominionchurch.net slash give. You can give online there. You can also text to give, really easy. Just text the word give to 854-888. 6590 uh, and those will be very easy ways that you can give 
but uh, listen, we, we so do appreciate you. We love you. I want to give a big thanks to Pastor Fred Giles and Prevail Church for hosting this stream. Uh, it, it means a lot. Uh, and they really have just partnered and, and empowered us in 2020. And I'm just so humbled by that, grateful for it, and thankful. So uh, we, we, do, we don't take that for granted. Uh, so again, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. And when I see you next, we're going to be in a brand new year, a brand new month, and we're going to be talking about the word of the Lord about fresh baptism. We're going to have Vision Sunday, which I'm really excited about because we've got vision for days for what is next. Uh, so you don't want to miss out. January is going to be an exciting month to begin an exciting year. I believe a Kairos year, a year of an atmosphere of the suddenlies at Dominion. So, yeah, hold on. Be a part of it. All right. We love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you again soon.